You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. And welcome onto the Australian Finance Podcast today. Thank you, Kate. It's wonderful to be here. Now, I heard you had a pretty big night last night. Well, this is true. I did have a long black and a a bacon and egg roll this morning. (laughs) Yes, we had the Super Ratings Awards night last night and... um, we, we did really well in terms of two really important awards. So uh, one where financial advisors around the country voted us as the best super fund. Like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> and I'm also um, a bit proud but equally embarrassed because I got the industry thought leader award. So, um, yeah, that, that was the reason for the celebration after the awards night. Congratulations. So you're a pretty big deal in the world of superannuation. Can you give us a rundown on what your job actually is? So I am. Well, I'm not a big deal, um, except to my dog, Larry. He thinks I'm a big deal. <laughs> Beautiful German short head pointer. No, I'm um, the executive accountable for advice, guidance and education at Australian Retirement Trust. And we've got 2.3 million members and they're everywhere from Cape York down to Tassie, over to WA, like literally such a diverse group of members across all sectors and industries. So it's such an honour and privilege to get education, guidance and advice so that they can make really good decisions about their retirement savings. That is a lot of Australians you're looking after. It is a lot of Australians, but like this is the cool thing about super. Super really democratised wealth. You know, it's 31 years old this year. And all of these, you know, most of these 2.3 million people are probably accumulating wealth 
in the first time in their family's history. You know, in the old days, you stopped worked, you got the pension, and you died. Where now, you know, now people are retiring with these large sums of money that they've never had before in their family's history, and they get to think about holidays or buying a, you know, I don't know, buying a new car or just really cool stuff that super, super can achieve. It's um, it's a privilege to work in the sector. That is fantastic to hear. Now, people might not have heard of the company Australian Retirement Trust. Can you give us a little bit of background? Because I know there was a merger last year. There was a merger. And um, when people say about mergers, you don't really know how hard they're going to be. <laughs> and you go, oh, that's a great idea. And it, look, it's been amazing, right? Like the benefits of the scale of two great established funds. So QSuper, which was the uh, the super fund for the Queensland government, uh, and then SunSuper, which was the the super fund head office out of Queensland um, and looking after, this, let's call it private sector. Um, and we came together, we got married on the 28th of February. And it's really bought, um, I always use the analogy of the wedding because both of the funds had different strengths. So in our dowry boxes, so to speak. So we brought them to the table and it's just supercharging things, which is really cool for all of those members. Yeah. So if someone hasn't looked at their super for a while and they were in Q Super or Sun Super, you're now in Australian Retirement Trust. Correct. That is absolutely right. The Q Super brand is really, really loved by um, the great people who work uh, for the Queensland government and serve the the good folk of Queensland. So we've kept that as a subsidiary brand for, for them. Um, but yes, Australian Retirement Trust. And the the reason for the brand name is because we wanted it to be really obvious, like what's on the tin. You know, it's we're Australian, we serve all Australians, we're all about people's retirement, whether you're young or old, and trust is everything. So, you know, it's really important our members trust us with their money. Absolutely. And one of the unique things about Australian Retirement Trust, and I'm going to just use the acronym ART for yes, the rest of the episode. Yes, to- <laughs> and I say ART. So you, ART, we all, everyone says different things. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm. Uh, is that it's an industry fund. So if someone isn't familiar with the concept of an industry super fund, can you tell us a little bit about those and what sets them apart from other types of super funds? I guess in short, and you know, your listeners are clearly really financially savvy people. So uh, you know, kudos to you listeners for actually listening to this episode and, and, you know, being part of um, hopefully a growing cohort of Australians that are paying more interest and consuming wonderful education like this. So an industry fund really is where the members are the shareholder. And and people would be familiar with that. It's like a mutual. So our sole purpose when we create and generate a profit that profit goes back to the members in terms of additional services or lower fees, where um, a retail fund generates a profit, and then but they'll have shareholders that they need to pay that profit to. So, it's um it, that's I guess the fundamental difference. And that means you can have much lower fees than other funds in the industry. That's a, yes, absolutely. And I guess it probably the other thing that I personally love about it. It's just real. It's a, it's simple decision making because you're not second guessing who's your master or mistress, so to speak. Am I? Is it the shareholder? Who am I hit like? Yeah, you, that trade off around yeah. commercial gain, shareholder. We have one. At, you know, it's a really. I mean, super is obviously a complicated business, but in short, it's not. We've got one one master or mistress being the member, and everything we do. Is, is this going to actually uh, deliver a, the return for the member, which ultimately then improves people, the, the, net, um, the net return that they get at retirement? 
Yeah, because I know there's been a lot of focus in the media on superannuation fees and performance over the past few years, and it's got a lot more people thinking about their superannuation. It's interesting. You're 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 bang on. You absolutely are. I think between um, I think the COVID early release um, and then this performance test has really opened people's eyes about this asset that a lot of really a lot of people have not paid attention to ever. And certainly younger people are absolutely paying a lot more attention. I mean, we've um, we had some uh, stats recently and, you know, what, finding super, what is super is really starting to pop up in Google searches, which is, is fantastic. Do you think COVID and getting that super release was sort of triggered something in people to have a look? Yeah, well, they, you know, obviously it was a really tough time. There are probably only two thing, good things that came from that whole um, experience, flexibility with work and people paying attention to their super. I mean, I want to call out, you know, and many of your listeners might have actually pulled some of that money out because they needed to or they, they you know, wanted to do something else with it uh, and or they know someone that did. I mean, ultimately, uh, that $10,000 equates to $150,000 based on, you know, and uh, based on research from various different associations. That's a lot of money, um, you know, to pull it out now when you're young, $150,000 less at retirement is a big deal. So I guess um, it's good to see Good to see people paying attention, but hopefully not treat, thinking of it like a bank account. It's a long, a big long-term investment. Yeah. Why are you so passionate about superannuation personally? What gets you out of the bed in the morning? So I um, am a bit of a weirdo in the sense <laughs> that I've always loved super since I was 16. I, 16? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I just remember watching because I was in grade 12, so I'm showing my age here when superannuation guarantee came into law. Um and I loved the democratize, yeah, that democratization of wealth and the ability for all Australians to actually own shares and be investors and generate wealth. I thought that the the social purpose associated with that was really cool because normally just investing was for the purview of the, you know, the high net worth and the affluent. And I'm mm. a bit of a a bleeding heart, I guess. And so I just loved, you know, that element of um, the way it gives a hand up for all working Australians. What is the power of making a few small changes with our super early on? Because we often think that super is something that we can sort out when we get closer to retirement, when we're a proper adult. Yeah. So, okay. Sunscreen is my analogy. So bear with me. You're like, what is she talking? I'm not talking about sunscreen. Why is she talking about sunscreen? <laughs> so sunscreen. So remember, like, are you, you're definitely too young, but maybe your aunties or uncles or parents, like in the old days, people didn't put on sunscreen. They didn't pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, what my mum told me. Yeah, when she and was so, a kid, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, and so then in the 80s, all of these people had skin cancer and they had melanomas and it was too late. Like there was nothing that could be done. And so then the slip, slop, slap campaign happened so that young people put on sunscreen. I'm getting to super, I promise. So the analogy is, it's the same analogy, is paying attention earlier. It's too late to do it when you're about to retire. And if you do it early... $240,000, man, $240,000, you know, extra money in retirement. If you do something on your account, engage with it, download the app, look at what you're invested in, does it fit your risk profile, could you make some additional contributions? Those things add up to virtually a quarter of a million dollars, which is some very good sunscreen in my opinion. 
Is that just that $240,000 just based off people that engage and people that don't early on? Yes, bang on. It's yeah. A tough, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we see it. There's some, you know, you look at the stats in our membership and under 40, only I think it's 7% of them are actually you know, looking at their investment choice where over 40, it's double that. Now, you know what that's saying? That there's, that's, that's a, let's call it a decade of not wearing sunscreen. Yeah. That's lost time and you can't get that time back. And your listeners, again, you're all, you know, clearly interested in finances and financially savvy. You'd know about what compounding interest is and there's probably been a podcast about it. So that's a long time to miss out on compounding interest. Uh, and, um, and if you've got a long time to invest, that's a crazy thing to do. I thought one of the interesting stats your team shared with me, and I'd love you to talk about more, is just how many people stay in the default option that their employer sets up for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's sort of, um, you know, talking about um, people being more attentive to super, it's still, um, it's 88%, extraordinarily high considering still, I think people are much more engaged than what they used to be pre-COVID. You know, we've spoken about that. But that 88% of people basically you know, not paying attention to what they're invested in, but then that's fine too because I guess probably uh, we've got a team of the best invest, you know, investors that are there making those really good decisions so that members don't need to worry. But equally, yeah. I'd still say even if um, someone's not paying attention and you're in the default, yes, your money's being managed by the best group and our investment performance is sensational, by the way, if I can just plug our investment <laughs> team, legends. But um, there's still so many other things like voluntary contributions, salary sacrifice. Insurance is a massive one in super because you could be paying too much, not enough, and that could erode, erode um, you know, your super balance. So these are the things that should be um, considered. Yeah, I find it quite astonishing how many people have never logged in, but I think that's because I'm in my own little finance bubble here. Yeah, well, you, you actually are in a finance <laughs> bubble proper with a yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And why do you, what are some of the barriers that you see with your members that are stopping people engaging with their super more, especially in their 20s, 30s and 40s? I'd, I'd say it's um, a couple of things. I think partly Australians culturally aren't great talking about money and you are doing your bit to change that. So kudos to you. Um, so I'd say that's, and I'm married to a German and Germans love talking um, about money way too much, actually, in my opinion. So you so, have a lot of conversations yeah, at home like, about money. Yeah, it's like, time out on the money. <laughs> so, uh, so culturally, we have a lot to Took a long way to go, um, and you'd know that with at how we can bring financial literacy in mm -hmm. for young people that are going and getting these, you know, the afterpay, and there's, you know, there's a lot that we need to consider in terms of curriculum for young people. I also think people um, maybe they mimic what they hear at home, and if they just uh, parents weren't paying attention, then they don't pay attention. And then lastly, I think there's a there's a, a the psychological kind of mindset of oh, she'll be right, mate, like they're just yeah, not thinking. Uh, and, again, it's such a, such a shame. I think the challenge for a lot of young people is cost of living, is mm. putting a lot of pressure on people's budgets right now and they're thinking, well, I can't afford to put much away for retirement when who knows if I'll get there. I hear that a lot. And you, But interestingly, I think so. an observation, sort of just early insights we're getting is that a lot of young people have almost kissed the – idea or dream of it buying a house goodbye. Yeah. And so that's where I think there is this rising sort of engagement in super as, hey, that's actually probably going to be my biggest financial asset. 
and and that's a reason for then paying attention earlier. So, I mean, that's um, that's great that they are engaged and they're seeing it as such an important investment for their future. But again, I'd just say your listeners here are probably you're all you're not the average Australian, um, and you're there's you know you're hearing these stats that I'm talking about the two hundred forty thousand um, better off at retirement, one hundred fifty thousand if you you know, pull $10,000 out of super. This is money that's probably going to be in your back pocket because you're making really good decisions. So you've got to tell your family and friends about this. Yeah, that's a big thing, getting your friends and family on board as well. So once you've sorted out your own superannuation, you know where your money's invested, you know what your fees are, you know your insurances, how do you then help your friends and family get on board? Well, I think this is um, ultimately uh, everyone knows that financial stress causes people to feel unwell, like anxiety can cause divorce fights. And so I think, you know, if, you know, you as listeners, if you can see that around in your life, sitting down and helping somebody, you know, giving them a, um, a link to this podcast and lining it up on their Spotify would help enormously because I think there's also probably a bit of shame and embarrassment when people don't understand money. So it's easier maybe coming from a family friend or someone they trust um, and just building up their levels of financial literacy. Yeah, because soup is not the most exciting conversation. Well, for I resent people. that. I think <laughs> it's cool, man. I think it's great. Because retirement feels like, for me, it's decades and decades away. Yeah, but we're investing in uh, trains and ports and data centres and all sorts of like uh, Romanian shopping centres. I'm not sure if we hold that asset anymore. I'm trying to think. I'm just thinking of all these cool assets that our members own. Yeah, people love talking about, I know I've got some teenagers and the eldest loves that they're all talking about that crypto. And so people for some reason love, you know, chatting about crypto stuff or they've downloaded a um, a broking app to trade shares or ETFs or they brag about property. But actually, superannuation, like we've got $260 billion, $260 billion of everyone's 2.3 million members' money investing in really big ticket things that are keeping this world running, turning on the gas in Poland, the lights on in Finland. Like there's all of these. That's um, that, that to me is really interesting and exciting. So I would say, listeners... Look at take look at what your investment guide is in your super fund and start getting a feel for some of the interesting assets your super fund owns because there's some really cool stock stories or you know different private market you know type of investments that are just um, fascinating and cool and it gives you a real sense of ownership in this thing that seems like a lifetime away. Yeah, I think I've gone onto a few of the big super funds websites before and looked at the underlying holdings and the lists are usually quite long. Huge, huge. And I'm sitting here now going, oh dear, I bet you I have some of these assets that I've rattled off. Maybe we've we've um, sold them or turned them over. So, But it gives you an indication. Indication. It's that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And obviously portfolios always change, but um, they are, you know, and, and, you know, equally too, I think it's probably worthwhile noting that a, an industry fund for your listeners, um, one another difference besides the returning um, the profit to, sh- uh, to members rather than shareholders is that industry funds you'll find have a greater weighting towards what we call diversified alternative assets, things that aren't listed on the stock exchange. And they are really, really powerful um, just in terms of diversifying, you know, when there's um, some volatility in the market and 
they generate great income, they're great long-term investments, and you wouldn't have access to these types of investments any other way. Yeah, and they're, they're things that you wouldn't normally find in your typical ETF. Yeah, absolutely right. So, you know, the... Um, you know the port of Melbourne, or the, or there's so many different mm. assets, um, f- motorways, so sort of electricity grids, gas, um, gas pipes in Europe, trains in Europe. Like it's extraordinary, and these things make a lot of money. Brisbane Airport. Every time you buy a coffee in Brisbane Airport, the members of Australian Retirement Trust, you know, get a, a little <laughs> clip of that. You know, and so this is um, this is cool. Yeah. So art manages bunny for a lot of Australians. Do you have to have quite a large investment team to Yeah, deal with I don't that? know the exact number of our investment team, but I love our investment team because I think um, you know, a lot of a lot of Australians would assume that all investment types are very um I don't know, um profit-driven sort of um big yeah. noting types. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it, but you can conjure up in your imagination. And I think our investment team there are they're obviously exceptional at what they do, and the scoreboard says that. But they're really purpose-driven investors. They've got a, a, a strong sense of service towards who they're h- here to work for, and they could probably go and work at you know somewhere else and make a lot more money, uh, you know. Um, but they do it because that that sense of doing greater good for the community, which Super does. Yeah, and I think that's something worth noting because a lot of us would associate finance and people that work in that industry as just doing it for profits and not necessarily for purpose. Yeah, I think that's right. I look, I you know, those um, some of our um, yeah, absolutely, they could. I'm just thinking of some of the people in the team if they were to go um, and work elsewhere and you know overseas, they could yeah make themselves rich. But that's not really that's not their driver. Their driver is around making the best possible investment decisions so that we create this sustainable long-term investment and that so, you know, just an ordinary ordinary worker who um, is retiring um, has a really decent pot of money so they don't need to worry about how they're going to pay the bills, if they've still got a mortgage, to the, how they clear that mortgage, how they're going to pay for extra help if they need it, if they're if they're not well. That's what soup is really about. It's, it's about not having to worry at the end of your working life. And it is your money. It, it is absolutely your money, which is why I think people would de- – um, I can't imagine a situation where someone's got a bank account and they don't have the app on their phone. Yeah. But then why does that happen with super when it's a truckload more money <laughs> than probably in most people's bank account? Yeah, I mean, just thinking about my bank account and my super balance right now, they're they're quite different. They're really different. So I would say, down who, your listeners, download the app of your super fund, and set it up, and actually log in and see what your balance is. Don't check it every day because that could you, that's not healthy. <laughs> but logging in and checking, and then just you know, there'll be information obviously on our um, website. There's calculators and all sorts of things. But going in and starting with the app is a it's a great place to start. Yeah, and then slowly, step by step, building your familiarity with Super and going, okay, well, this week I'm going to find out what my fees are and see if that's good. That's and you know, the, a fund like a large fund like ours. If you are a passionate investor, there is an opportunity in terms of the investment menu to look at different options about whether you want to 
be in an actively managed portfolio. If, if you're um, where you know there's um, well, there's do-it-yourself options now. Well, so yeah, it's more so the the basically managed funds, but the they're actively managed. They're um, the investment managers are making deliberate choices around what they're investing in, and they're trying to beat in essence the index. Yeah. And then we obviously have all the passive options, which is just literally the index. And that's the super cheap option that comes with that. But a lot of people um, we find are really almost, um, it's almost like a ideological belief around this active versus passive investing. But then equally, truckloads of people, most Australians say, you know what, I don't know, I'm not the expert. I'll let the experts deal with it. And um, and they're in safe hands. Yeah, so that's that's another good thing. So if anyone's new to the idea of superannuation, you have a lot more choice than you might realise, even within your existing super provider. So you don't necessarily have to change super funds to change what you're invested in. Correct. And I think uh, certainly looking at and understanding your time frame for investing, um, I would you know obviously I'm biased as the person accountable at Art for Advice, but I think doing a lot of education and I'd say getting some personal advice, either digitally or through going to your super fund before you go and make a switch um, because you want to make sure it's the right one. As someone who's dealing with advice for members of ART, typically to date there hasn't been much information out there for people to access about superannuation. Do you think super funds have a responsibility to educate their members about you, super? You bet we do. I mean, probably worthwhile explaining that we have been quite constrained from a legislative point of view to a degree uh, because we are um, governed by the sole purpose test, which basically means we're only allowed to spend members' money on things relating to the fund. And it's really hard at times because um, people want education, particularly younger, sub 40, about do I pay off my credit card or put the money into super? Do I buy a house? Like, what, you know, oh, oh, how do I manage my cash flows and stop spending so much at Mecca and put some more in into my super? Uh, and we've been quite constrained around being able to do that more broader education because superannuation isn't in a bubble. It fits into everyone else, into a person's broader financial position. So we've been doing some advocacy in Canberra with the government, um, with Australian Super actually. We've been we've come together as Australia's two biggest funds to say, hey, um, Minister Jones, we think that there's some changes need to happen because super funds have a really important role to play to educate Australians so more Australians are retiring with a nest egg that provides them that security. And, you know, we've got, um, I guess, um, the capability to do that with scale. Yeah. And surely there's the argument that education in your 20s, 30s and 40s is going to have a meaningful dif difference on what you have at retirement. Sunscreen. It's yeah. all about the sunscreen early. It's to get in early. So, I, you know, I'm getting, and again, I think this is why I'm just telling my kids and they're telling them to tell their kids and when they're doing economics at school and just to tell everyone. I love just giving them a story about something that we're investing in and so bringing it to life for them so they stop talking about crypto <laughs> and start seeing their, you know, their little, you know, when they get their first job at, you know, the local coffee shop or whatever and they get their art account because laws have just changed. So superannuation has to be paid now. It used to be a $450 per month threshold, but that's gone. So from dollar one, 
people are getting superannuation and some laws are changing soon too so that um, that superannuation having to be paid with your pay cycle. So that's another kicker in terms of compounding interest rather than what it was, which was quarterly. Yeah. Yeah, and people miss out on having their money invested for more time when it's quarterly or some employers are a bit slow and it's suddenly half yearly. Yes, I don't know when that changes from a legislative point of view, but certainly it's absolutely being in consultation with the government at the moment and it it is a big deal and it will ultimately improve people's retirement savings. I know another thing you're quite passionate about is the quality of advice review working in this space. Are you able to give us a little bit of background to what that was and how it might impact our future when it comes to superannuation? Yeah, okay. So I think probably, Kate, the short answer is that over the last 10 years, advice, and everyone will have, your listeners will have seen the Royal Commission and... Yeah, that was big news stories for a while. That were big news (laughs) stories. It was, was, you know, um, pretty intense and... Prior to the Royal Commission, there were other, there was the future of financial advice. There's been basically just years and layers and layers and layers of legislative change and and compliance to try and fix things. Exactly. But it's all been kind of on top of each other and probably not solving for the biggest strategic problems. And all it's really done is just add a lot of compliance, contradictory kind of, you know, almost obligations at times and cost. So how so I always say if you're rich and you're rich. So if you get financial advice, awesome, you're gonna be even richer. Yeah. But I I guess my motive is um which is more speaks to my values, is about I'd love just to see I want to see advice being given to people who have got an a nest egg that uh, or, or money that they would never have had before. And so they make really good decisions. And that's where quality of advice review comes in because we're, you know, advocating for significant change to really reduce the cost of advice but keep consumers safe. That's really, really important. And we think that also super funds have a big role to play um, uh, in terms of the solving for that accessibility and affordability. Does that mean in the future we might be able to get advice more easily through our super fund? What I'd say, so I'd say you can absolutely, um, well, you can get advice easily now if it's just about your account. What we're, I guess, advocating for is that when you get to retirement, which is a long way off for you and a a bit, you know, just probably more than closer than I'd like to think (laughs) about, um, it's being able to help somebody because if they want to have an income in retirement, how does that fit in with what your Centrelink entitlements might be, like age pension? And we can't do that stuff at the moment. So we say to a member, oh, you know, da 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 da. Yes, you can earn thirty, forty thousand dollars income. We can make it last twenty years, but you need to go and sort out. We can't help you with the Centrelink stuff. That's not that's not a great member experience. It makes it hard. It creates a barrier. Then people, maybe the shutters go down and go. Oh, I hate dealing with money, and and then they don't do anything. So we are advocating to be able to just provide more of that ret- holistic retirement advice, so that more people you know, use that money as an income stream rather than just rolling it in the bank and, you know, or blowing it really in short. Do you think we're likely to see any changes come through from this advice? Review? I'm optimistic. That's good. I'm optimistic. Yes. The, the minister has a, a big vision, which I think, again, comes down to that, um, the reality that Australians getting older, super's 31 years old. There's people retiring with these big pots of money they've never seen before in their family's history. And financial literacy is really low. So people need to know, need to go somewhere to work out what to do. Do they pay off their mortgage? 
do the, how long should how long does the money need to last? How does that you know interact in with other assets I might have? So he's very committed, it seems, to solving it. Um, so I yes, very optimistic that next year is a big year of change being announced for the advice profession. Yeah, it would be good to see some change because I know a lot of listeners might not have enough to pay three to five thousand dollars to get a statement of advice, but they. They want to do the right thing and get quality information about what they should do with their super and their other investments. I mean, it's it really is uh, nuts paying that amount of money for a document that most people don't really want to read. And that's certainly one of the things we've been advocating for is that, um, you know, obviously you need to have a record of that advice, you know, so that you can, um, yeah. so the member can, whether it's a letter or, I mean, the reality is some of our members maybe can't read or English isn't their first language. And so we've got to be able to provide different forms of communicating the advice so that they can consume it on their terms. Uh, but paying, you know, as you said, thousands of dollars for what is largely a whole lot of compliance <laughs> and, you know, fine print, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not helping anybody. Yeah. Well, hopefully we do some see some changes. Yes, fingers through. crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm heading down to Canberra again in a couple of weeks to sort of do do fight a bit more advocacy. Fight. Yes, fight the good fight. <laughs> I'm sure it will make a big impact to a lot of people. Yeah, well, I, that's what I'd like to. Uh, that's that's the that's the aim of the game. We've covered a lot in this conversation, and I think it'll get everyone thinking about their superannuation. But what's the the number one thing you want listeners to take away from this? Well, I think your listeners, as I keep on saying it, um, I'm just so impressed you're listening to this um, episode. So tell your family and friends about it. I think if I can plug the um, Australian Retirement Trust podcast of Super Super Insider and our chief economist is, he's like, he brings, uh, he makes economics. It's a mix of Broadway and Hollywood and Wall Street combined. So really? okay. he's really a, a, <laughs> the most engaging chief economist you will ever hear. So if your listeners want to listen to our chief economist um, and listen to some of the things we're actually investing in, that would be really good. So I would just say to your listeners, kudos for you for listening and educating yourself. And please tell your family and friends to stop ignoring this. You would just, I think it's like the bank account. You, If you had money in the bank, would you have the app on your phone? Yes. So you probably have more money in your super and you don't have the app on your phone? Come on. That's that's my message to the listeners. You've got to go out, set yourself a target to convert people in your world to download their super fund app and then maybe have a competition so you can get the most. The very step of the first step of being <laughs> engaged, downloading the yes, app. Yes, download it. the app, download the app, find out what you're invested in. Wonderful. Well, and thank you so much for joining me on the finance podcast today. It's been really fun. Thank you for having me. And um, yes, well, hopefully you'll have me back or maybe our chief economist or somebody. Oh, spice it up. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'll link to everything in the show notes from today's conversation and you can also access all of our free resources on Super as well. So thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? 
Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service. Designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.